I'm Mike McGinnis. And I'm Carrington Vanston. And this is another episode of the No Core Podcast, a weekly podcast about classic video arcade games. And it has been weekly so far. It has. It's been crazy that we've been able to stick to the schedule. We probably just jinxed it. Yeah, I think so. But I like it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> How are you, Carrington? I'm awesome because we got to spend a week playing what turned out to be an incredibly fun game. We did, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, but first we have feedback from listeners. Do you want to start? Sure. What should I start with? Uh, let me see. But, uh, oh, you know what? We got an interesting one from uh, Debbie in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. I don't know Glenwood Springs, but hello, Debbie. Um, she writes to say, let me open up here, um, I'm really enjoying your new podcast. I've been listening to your audio goodies since back in the TMFVS days. That would be the Monster Feet Variety Show. And Mike is a great foil to your over-caffeinated ways. Um, are you going to do a show about really old games? I'd love to hear your thoughts on games like Speed Race, Atari's Basketball, Astro Race, or heck, even Pong. I bet there's more to say about Pong than you'd first think. Um, and then she says at, uh, down at the bottom here, my favorite old school arcade game is still Scramble. And that was the cabinet I selected to kick off my own tiny, weeny little collection of six cabs. I don't know, man. Six doesn't seem that tiny to me. I know. So, it's pretty uh, big. <laughs> no, I thought so. Uh, she says, like you, I, I like you guys. I hope to someday have a Gravatar cabinet, but they are hard to come by. Keep up the great work. So what do you think about that? Are we going to talk old, old school games some point, Mike? Well, I don't see why we can't. It sounds like a great idea. I don't know some of those games. What's Speed Race? I don't either. I've never, never heard of that one. Or Astro Race. I think uh, it's making me, I guess, uh, basketball I've heard of. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's got a ball, right? And some <laughs> And some guys that run around and throw it in. I've the actually hoops. seen the Atari basketball cabinet. Hmm. But I don't know if I've actually played that game. That's from the 70s. But Speed Race and, and Astro Race... I hadn't heard of Pong, of course I do know. And I, yes, I bet there is a lot to talk about when it comes to, even though Pong itself is simple, it had a lot of influence and a lot of, uh, a lot of things came afterwards. So definitely could make a show out of that game. Yeah, I think we'll definitely, uh, I think we'll add those to the list here to talk about in upcoming shows. I agree. Stay yeah. tuned, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? Who else wrote in? Uh, next up, we have an email from Mike Whalen. Best um, email of the week, I think. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, the subject of the email is don't knock virtual pinball too hard. And it starts out, I mean, how dare you? So <laughs> great you know opening. This is, oh, yes. You know this is going to be a great email. Basically, he goes on to rip me for what I said about uh, virtual pinball and, and how I'm not interested in, in reviewing those games because, um, well, I don't like them that much. Um, and I, I want to be clear here that just because I don't like them doesn't mean that I begrudge anybody else for loving that stuff. I do have a couple of pinball games on my iPad. They're great for passing the time, but as far as emulation and um, accurately representing a game, it's, it's, for me, the pinball experience is mostly in meat space. And whereas with MAME and these video games, um, you're pretty much running the original code. It's just on different hardware, but you're getting closer to the same experience. I like how you just throw out the word meat space. Like that's just a thing people say. It's not. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's awesome. No. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, I think it's a literary reference or something. I don't know. Uh, he goes on and says, seriously, though, uh, while I agree three quarters heartedly, nice, that Mike, uh, with Mike, that pinball is not the same in virtuality, there are some pretty interesting things being done in that area. For instance, the pinball arcade 
which is an app on iOS, Android, Mac, PC, uh, PS3, and Xbox, recreates mostly recent physical tables. They are actually licensed from Williams, uh, Bally, Gottlieb, etc. It's allowed me to play games I've never seen in the fleshy. Pinball FX and Zen Pinball are two other packages that are also available for several platforms. Their tables never saw the physical world, which allows them to do some interesting stuff. Zen just released a table based upon Marvel's Civil War annual event of the year event. Traditional designers like Pat Lawler are also entering the space or reinvigorating past virtual efforts now that the physical replication in graphics has gotten so much better. Physical pinball is not dead, but it is not as easy to come by as it once was. So there's a ton of stuff in the virtual world I'm going to play with. If Mike doesn't agree with me, please use a curse word in his direction. Karen, to you, I will say, heck. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> the thing is, he makes a really interesting point about, especially about Pinball FX and Zen Pinball. Uh, sure. Two th- uh, that I had not heard of before, because I'm really not playing around with pinball stuff much. But it's interesting because... In that case, then, really what you've got, if they're making a new game that's not recreating a physical one, it really is just a video game now. Just it's a video game that plays like a pinball game. Right. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I diverge from Mike's opinion, uh, where these are. See, I see the, the virtual pinball games as similar to real pinball, but not. I, this is not, to me anyway, it's not real. It's not complete emulation. And, and I don't know how you, I don't think you can really emulate a physical pinball table in electronic space. Well, what you need to do is you set up a video camera over an actual table, little robotic arms that you can operate from a distance, and bingo, you got yourself Ooh. a perfect emulator. I like that. Yep, I like that get right on that. <laughs> he does mention that uh, uh, physical pinball isn't dead, but it's not as, e- as easy to come by. And that's true. You do have to hunt around to play pinball, uh, to, to find pinball tables. But I don't know that it's all that hard. Um, I'm not sure where Mike lives, so I don't know what his situation is. But here in Denver, um, there are no real pinball halls. I guess the one-up is an arcade, and they have some great tables. So you can go there and play like the Tron Legacy and a few of the other brand new ones that are still coming out. But I can go to almost any bowling alley um, around Denver, for example, and they'll have at least one or two titles. They won't be the newest. I mean, you'll be playing the old Kiss Pinball or Simpsons Party or something like that. But it is possible to play this in the real world. Right. Yeah. And here in Toronto, I will come across them as well. There's really no arcades left to speak of in the city, alas. But um, just like like down there. Um, below us <laughs> in bowling alleys and in, in places where the people who leave their house gather. I hear there are things like pinball yes. machines around. I hear it's all hearsay to me. Right. I don't know. I am pale and an indoors. <laughs> me too. Most of the time. So thank you, Mike, for writing in. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening. And if you disagree with me, please write in and tell me how stupid you think I am. Karen <laughs> does it all the time. Everyone should write in and That's say right. that. <laughs> he all, I think it's a good segue though, to something you uh, we're talking about this emulation, something mm-hmm. that you brought to my attention um, and sent me a link over to the textfiles.com, Jason Scott's site about emulation and uh, what was the title? What a Wonder is a Terrible Monitor. Yes. Um, and this was a crazily interesting article that I had completely missed when it got posted. So um, on the ASCII site, which is sort of uh, Jason Scott's blog, all about old monitors, like old CRT monitors and um, the the effect that is created on those and the the bit of fuzziness and that kind of stuff and how that's part of the game. 
And it's something that I've noticed myself a lot in the Apple II space because I'm a, I'm a real Apple II fan. So I, I play a lot of Apple II games and do programming in emulators, but I also have real systems like with the old CRT monitors. And, and I will notice the difference, especially in color rendering and that kind of stuff and how the fuzziness is really part of the game. So he talks about that, but he talks like he opens up with the idea of asteroids. Um, and that's apropos since we just got off talking about, um, uh, Gravatar being a, a, a vector game and how vector graphics are so much more striking in, in real life on, on a vector monitor than they are in emulation. They're not those, you know, hard white kind of lines that you get when it's on an LCD. They are these, um, sort of burning, scintillating star-like dots and stuff. And, um, you know, really vibrant lines, uh, a, a very different effect. So it's a, it's a really interesting article. If, again, if we had show notes, I would link the heck out of this. We <laughs> yeah. will have show notes shortly, though. So it looks like the code's working. I think if you just do a Google search for uh, Jason Scott and uh, virtual monitors, his article will come up. Mm -hmm. um, he did mention, and, and uh, I've seen this before, um, and I took the opportunity to sort of delve into this more. He did mention the... HLSL filters in MAME, um, which allow you to sort of emulate that sort of soft glowing uh, experience that you get with the older crappy monitors. Um, it's certainly not for the faint of heart. You have to do a lot of uh, manual editing of uh, INI files. Uh, but if you're that sort of geek, um, you can really nerd out over that stuff. There is settings for just about everything in there, and you can you can uh, tweak away to your heart's content. Um, again, I don't, I don't know that you'll ever get a pure 100% filter, but this comes pretty close. If if you want those lines to look a little bit more like what you remember playing in the arcade on a vector monitor. Yep, and it even has like I I had no idea that any of these things even existed. So this totally brought to my attention, like sort of introduced me to the idea that you could tweak this stuff in main. This was all news to me. But he's got like examples of stuff where you can tweak it so the image even bows out, so it it warps it mm -hmm. as if it's on a rounded CRT monitor, and and introduces that sort of artifacting and stuff. It's all very very interesting. Right there, there are several good um, um, tutorials online that'll tell you exactly what you need to tweak to get what effect. Um, you just search for MAME HLSL filter setup and, and uh, you'll find what you're looking for. Yeah, totally cool stuff and was completely news to me. So I'm glad you, you pointed it out. Uh, one last item I wanted to mention here was um, you and I like to tweet each other our high scores, screenshots of our high scores. Because well, I, I only do that when I think I've got one that's better than yours. <laughs> What's well, a fun way to trash talk? And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, somebody I saw tweeted you that said... Uh, um, what was the text? Oh, he just said um, spoiler alert. Or oh, right, like yes. <laughs> and, and I think I think this this might I didn't I didn't couldn't really figure out what he was talking about. I think this was somebody who was, you know, who wants us to not tell them what the game is until we talk about it on the podcast. Oh, I thought it was just spoilers because I was saying what the high score was. Oh, well, maybe. But I was still trying to get a better score. I was just sort of keep, keeping you in the loop of has my score progressively got better. Ah, see, my my thought was that uh, it was somebody who didn't want to know what the game is, and by tweeting those images, we were giving it away. Oh, in a sense, yeah, because I did that first. On the first one, um, I did show just the high score panel and even specifically asked, could anybody guess the game? Right. Um, so I guess, you know what you should do? Not follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because I'm going to trash talk uh, Carrington all that I can, which includes throwing those scores in his face. Oh, and you did. I, I, I sent out what I considered <laughs> right. such a good score, and you like immediately come back with, oh, yeah, here's my screenshot. It's like, oh. Which does bring us to our current oh. game of the week, and that is Mappy. 
oh, Mappy, it was awesome. But I know already that you beat me because I couldn't even get to the score that you last posted on Twitter. <laughs> so well, I know I lose. Well, you don't, don't feel too bad. I couldn't beat that score later on either. But Okay, cool. So, yes. Yeah, so I will we'll dive into this knowing full well that uh, my best will not be good enough this week. And I will tell you that I was not able to do any better than the last screenshot I tweeted. And my my highest high score that I could reach this week was 44,240. And that is on round eight of Mappy. Ah, I got to 47,230. And Ooh. that was that was on level nine. Um, we had mentioned last week that this is uh, a game that my wife likes to play, and, and she beat both of us thoroughly. Um, I, don't, I don't have her score in front of a specific score in front of me here, but it doesn't really matter. She got well over eighty nine thousand points on this. Game. Oh, yeah, I got bested, and once again, I did my best to cheat, and I asked many people nah. to help me, and I was given lots of playing tips, and I will I will pass them on during the show. Right. So people told me lots of things that did help me improve my score dramatically, but alas, not dramatically enough. Apparently not. But for those who have never <laughs> played Mappy before and don't know what we're talking about, Mappy was engineered and designed by Namco. It was manufactured and licensed by Valley Midway Manufacturing Company in 1983. In this game, you played Mappy, the brave mouse policeman. Mappy's mission is to retrieve all of the stolen treasure from the Meowki Cat Gang. I love these names. They stashed all the loot in their leader's mansion, which contains several floors and numerous trampolines that the Meowkies like to use to travel between stories. <laughs> the whole thing makes no sense at all. <laughs> well, no, and, and not even visually, because the mouse that you play is larger than the small pink cats, which look like mice. And Mappy is dressed like a policeman, and yet he's running away from these cats. Yes, and if they touch him, he loses instead of... It's so bizarre. And who has trampolines in their house? This multi-story... It's like a house, but it's got tons of levels and... Tra anyway, it's totally bizarre. <laughs> Mappy must keep away from the cats and collect all the items in the house before moving on to the next house. If Mappy is caught by a cat, he loses a life. Mappy also loses a life if he crashes to the floor by breaking through a trampoline or falling into a pitfall. When all of Mappy's lives are lost, the game is over. Houses have six floors, and some houses in later rounds have an attic. Mappy gets to the different floors by jumping on a trampoline. He can jump three times on the trampoline, but the fourth time will break it. Once Mappy moves onto a floor, he can jump onto the trampoline another three times. Goro, the boss cat, does not chase Mappy. Now, Goro is a big red cat, and he instead moves around in a zigzag pattern. And he will hide behind uh, each treasure for a few seconds, which, if you catch him behind the treasure, you actually get a bunch more points. But you have to get him during that tiny little window where, right. oh, I got burned so many yeah, times. Oh, me too. Yeah, I wasn't there yeah. quite fast enough. If you touch him, or if he touches you and he's not behind that, then you lose life. Um, right. Cats are sneaky. They will try to corner Mappy at the end of the platforms or trap him on one of the floors. Um, and this is what got me over and over and over. At first, especially when I first started playing this, because I would jump onto a level and a, a cat would be right behind me, and then one would be coming running from the other end. And, it was sort and then of you're like doomed. The, There's nothing you well, can do. Yeah, it's sort of like the baseball rundown where a guy's caught between bases <laughs> and you can just see it coming and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> this is a game where that happens a lot, where I would see my death coming really early and like, right. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so frustrating. Now, you do have some defenses. Um, the doors work well in your favor in this game. In an emergency, you can slow uh, one cat down for, well, it's more than one cat, for short periods of time. This is accomplished by having Mappy throw open a standard door in the cat's face, and this knocks him down and stuns him. When hit by the door, the cat will be stunned for several seconds. When he is disabled like this, Mappy can walk right by him and not get caught. To temporarily eliminate more than one pursuer at a time, Mappy must catch them in the microwave. Microwaves emitted by opening power doors, the thick flashing doors that flicker with different colors. 
Uh, I have found that um, there were two things that I noted when I was playing with the doors. One was that at first I didn't know that you could close the doors. Um, so for a while I would just open them and assume that once they were open, I couldn't use them again. I thought the same thing. I had to be told that you could close the doors. Yeah. And, and I, my score improved dramatically once I figured out, oh, I can close them. It doesn't stop the cats pursuing you. It slows them down because they can open it too, but it does slow them down. It knocks them back. The one thing that, that I found was a problem for me a lot was that if you were if the cat was just far enough behind you, opening the door would knock you back into the cat. Yeah, which die. stuns the cat. So you can sort of use yourself well, as, well, a, as a weapon. Yeah, but unless the cat is slightly further back than that, and then you <laughs> In which case die. you die. <laughs> right. That happened to me quite a bit. <laughs> yep. So, and then there are the balloon levels. Yeah, so at least, and I guess those come after every three normal levels, it seems. I only got two, two balloon levels. So there's one after level three and one after level six. So on the balloon levels, it's just you and a trampoline and a bunch and trampolines and balloons placed strategically around the level. Um, and a song plays in the background, and you have until the end of the song to clear as many balloons as possible. Which is a cool technique because the the mu first of all the music in this game is really good and oh, really God, catchy, fantastic it. music in this game. And that tune that plays during the um, the balloon part is really catchy, but also is an obvious song. So you can really feel when it would be winding down. So it's just as good as a timer, but it's actually a much more fun way to do it. Absolutely. And the game music is very repetitive, but it's not annoyingly so. Like I didn't, some games it gets so repetitive, I got to take the headphones out while I'm playing. This one, there's enough variations and it's a nice theme. Um, and I, I think it really added to the overall game experience. I totally um, agree. So, but on the balloon levels, uh, if you get all of the balloons, I think there are what, 22, 23, uh, you get uh, hundred points for each balloon. Uh, you get 2,000 points for the larger balloons and a couple in the first balloon level, only one of those shows up. And I think in later ones, you get more of those show up. And then you oh, get, I never got that far. <laughs> and you get, uh, you get 5,000 points if you clear all the balloons off screen. Which I did once and I was so proud of it. I Twittered that photo. I as saw well. that. <laughs> Cause I was like, it's so hard to do. Like you have to kind of do it perfectly. And there was a trick that I didn't. Uh, realize at first and, and somebody on, on, uh, I think by email sent me this as a tip. And so I will pass this one on. You can break the trampolines on purpose. Mm -hmm. See, if you, like we were discussing earlier, during the game, in the regular levels and during these balloon levels, if you bounce three times on a trampoline, it becomes red. And then the next time you touch it, you'll float, you'll go right through it. But if you're in the, it, it's sort of like a little maze you're bouncing through for these balloon levels. And so there'll be, There'll be trampolines where if you were to pull to the left or the right, you'll just hit a wall right away. So you'll really quickly bounce, like bang, 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 and you'll and you'll burst through the trampoline really quickly. And doing that is the key to be able to get through the balloon maze in in a fast enough way to get all the balloons. So I finally did it one time. I got everything. I was <laughs> I was very proud. Well, yeah, I, and I think in fact that you have to do it that way because, like you said, it, you know, on on those early, like you, I only got to two balloon levels and. If you missed a balloon, you were done. 
you yep. know, because if you go back, you won't have enough. Yeah, time. there's no time. And even when I when I would do it and not miss a balloon, I would get to the end and the song would be clearly winding up where I wouldn't have enough time. So I was like, well, you can't do this. There's not enough time. And but right. you can make the maze different than it appears by busting through the trampolines on purpose. Yeah, and in fact, you have to do that to get through. Yep. So, yeah, it was awesome. So it was good. Um, yeah. And on the second balloon map, I noticed anyway that I noticed that there was a there's a balloon that was slightly off center that I was never able to get. Um, it's just too it's just too far to the right if you do the normal bounce over that that you do right and I wasn't fi- I wasn't able to figure out how to get that one so I never I got a perfect balloon never score got that on that, level on that second <laughs> <laughs> okay so there's there's uh it so the balloon levels get more difficult as well and I think like for me once I missed one of the red balloons one of the small ones I just said the heck with it and, and tried to make my way to to the end and get to the big one which was at least 2000 points. Yeah, I would just collect all the balloons that I could but making sure I got that last one because that last balloon is sort of worth all the other balloons combined. So it it was the most important one to get. Right. For me when I was playing this Things really change at level six. Uh, uh, the cats get a whole lot faster. That was exactly the level I kept dying on. Like most of the time, level six is the level I, it just, it, there seems to be a jump between five and six where six is the first level where the, where the, the mice are, or the cats are sort of dramatically faster than the mice, the, the mouse rather. So you, you have to be working strategies now to get through that level. Whereas the other levels, you can sort of just run away or change your mind or make a mistake and just just run for it. Whereas level six, you got to be thinking ahead. Right. Well, the the platforms are longer, so uh, and the mice move faster. Or, <laughs> the mice. There we go again. The cats <laughs> move faster than you do. Well, it's um, weird because the cats are smaller than the mice. That's right. <laughs> but they move a lot faster, and you can't just run away. So that's where the doors and 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 jumping on the trampolines properly uh, really comes into play. And like you, I died a lot there, and it wasn't until I learned about hey, I can close this door that that uh, I was able to get through that more often. I still died a lot there, but I could at least pass it. Right. Uh, technically, uh, Mappy has a Motorola M6809 CPU running at 1.536 megahertz, a sound chip of the same design at the same speed, and two custom Namco 8-channel WSG sound chips. Uh, it uses the standard 224 by 228 pixels, a 32-color palette, two players, a two-way joystick, uh, and one button. This game was released in March of 1983, and... And it's the... still great. Holy cow, what a fun game this was. I mean, I can, honestly, I can't express how much fun playing this game this week was. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I kept going back to this one. I, I so More than made up for elevator action. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the name Mappy is likely derived from the Japanese Mappo, which is a, slang, a slightly insulting slang term for policemen. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Greg Bond holds the official record for this game with 658,160 points set oh, on... Oh, was so close. No, we were. We were <laughs> right on the cusp. It was set on June 27, 2002. Though a, quite a lower, like just in numbers, quite a lower number than a lot of the games we've talked about. Their high scores are always in the millions and stuff. So. Yeah. Th- it, sounds like, it sounds like this game gets a whole lot harder once once you progress I know that that up in the the seventy and eighty thousands that it was crazy. I don't know how my wife did that. I mean, it's just the mice, the the, the mice, the cats were all over you. Yeah. And these characters, the characters um, in the game have some very interesting names. <laughs> the cat. See, that's right away. The game sort of charmed me because it it opens like when you're just waiting. You've got your virtual quarter put in or real quarter if you're an arcade, and but you haven't actually started yet, um, and it gives you this little like 
you know, starring page and it shows you the, the list of characters. Like a lot of Namco games do that. But the actual names, I was like, I, I beg your pardon. <laughs> it's, so, it's so bizarre. Tell, tell the people the names. Ah, Goro is the big boss, the big bit. Yeah, like what? What, what is that even boss, the big bit? <laughs> I assume that's some weird Japanese translation to English. Goro is the red cat that doesn't chase Mappy, but you still end up running into him now and then. Right. Or, and he's the one we were talking about how we'll hide behind the, the, the treasures and you have to try to, during that tiny window, grab the treasure he's hiding behind and you get a thousand right. points. Yep. Miyaki, uh, is the naughty folks. These are the, the cats. <laughs> they are, yeah, Miyaki as <laughs> naughty folks. Yes. Uh, Gosenzo. This appears when Mappy moves oh. through the house for a long period of time without retrieving any stolen items. Once it appears, Mappy has no chance of escaping. Now, I never saw this character. I never saw this character either. I, but, well, what I did see was if you if you played long enough and didn't pick anything up, it would say, hurry up. Yes, I got the hurry up message a few times. And it would the game would speed up, but I never saw Gazenzo. So. Yeah, it would say, hurry up. It would speed up. I would die. And then that's the end. Yeah. And then you have the doors, the, the the standard door, which would stun the cats, and the power door, which would sweep them off yeah. the screen, and you would get bonuses if you swept off multiple uh, cats. And I just love that it's, Mappy is the name of the character, but they call him Mappy, it's starring Mappy as Micropolis, like, as if Mappy's, like, the real name that you should know, and it's just going to be playing the role of Micropolis in this one game. Right. It's, a, it's hilarious. And and you get and the little symbols in the bottom left corner that tell you how many men you have left are little MPs for how many micro police you have left. I just like that he's micro police, like a little tiny policeman. Yeah. Uh and the other thing is that sometimes one of the treasures will flicker for a few seconds. You know how long it took me to figure out like I knew that you get bonus points when it flickered, but mm-hmm. how to figure out which one was flickering and why? It took me until a fellow named Jeff sent me an email to tell me why. <laughs> Well, why would you tell me? Because I could never figure it out. I just happened to get lucky. Oh, that one's flickering. I never figured it out either, but like a couple of days ago, let me open up. Uh, if I, I, mean, I remember it was a guy named Jeff. Um, and it turns out that there's two of every treasure on the screen. And if you pick them up in pairs, the second one is a bonus. So if you pick up the TV, the other TV will start to flash to tell ah. you that's now set to be the bonus item. And you'll get double points for that one for wow. picking up that one. That's interesting. I, I never figured that out. It just, they seem to be flashing at random. Huh. Yeah, that's yep. that's kind of what I thought. Yep, but turns out, nope. Uh, houses 8, 9, and 10 have bells hanging from the top floor. Okay, I notice? got to the bell, yeah. and, and I didn't even notice at first, because I'm like, why why are there bells here? But you can turns out you can hit the bell and, and knock them down on the cats that are on the trampolines. And here's the pitfall thing um, that you and I never saw. In houses 12, 13, and 14, parts of the floor will flicker. Oh. When, when Mappy passes over one of these, it becomes a pitfall for a set time. Cats who fall into the pitfall are temporary, temporarily knocked unconscious. And apparently, oh, that actually be useful yeah. because, like, I'm always being chased by these mice. I would love that. Yep. And if Mappy falls in, then he dies. Oh, I wouldn't like that part. No. <laughs> there are two Easter eggs in the game. Um, the first one, you enter service mode. Keep left pressed to make. The, there are two buttons on on the game, but they both do the same thing in gameplay. Um, but if you keep the left button pressed, you make the screen scroll left until the grid covers the whole screen. Keep the service switch pressed, uh, I'm sorry, press the service switch three times, uh, the one that adds a credit, not the one to enter service mode. Keep the button one pressed and enter the following sequence, left four times, start one six times, left three times, start two times, and copyright 1983 Namco will appear on the screen. That's a lot of work. That's a, a lot of work for a, copy, for a copyright notice. <laughs> the other one is just as convoluted, um, and, and I'm not going to bother reading that one. 
but this one results in copyright 1983 Namco, all rights reserved. Mappy did have a follow-up game, Hopping Mappy, which was released in 1986, and Mappy Land uh, was also released in 1986 for the Nintendo Famicom. I have not played either of those. I have not either. Uh, it appeared on many consoles of the day, and later on, it showed up on the Sega Game Gear, several Nintendo consoles, the Sony PlayStation, and pretty much every Japanese home computer of the day. Uh, it did show up on uh, uh, Microsoft Windows. Um, it was released in 1997, Namco History Volume 1, and 98, Microsoft's Revenge of the Arcade, and in 2005, the Namco Museum 50th Anniversary. Yeah, it seems every time Nam Namco has a collection of any sort, this game is included. They are, they are rightfully, rightfully proud of it. And then it appeared uh, on several versions of the, the NEC PC and the Sharp. It's awesome. If I were in an arcade and I had 20 bucks and quarters in my pocket, this would definitely get 3 or $4. And you get your... It doesn't take that long to get sort of skilled enough at the game that you can you can sort of get to level 6, like say. Right. Like that where so you can get a decent gameplay time out of it and, and get to see some variety and get to one or two of the balloon levels and that kind of stuff. So you can, I think you can get a real value for your quarter in this one. Absolutely. I, I certainly don't think that it's... Some of those games that are, are so frustrating from the get-go that it's it becomes hard to want to keep playing it. This is not one of those games. No, no, not at all. And so one thing, um, I'm trying to think, what else have we talked about? The, the, in the, the, there's the main body of the, of the gameplay itself, like all these levels. And then there's like the attic level. And you know, it took me forever to realize you could go up there too, that that was actually another platform. Oh, yeah. A scarily long one. <laughs> yep. Yes, but I'm not sure what good it does you because the, the cats can go up there too and kill you just as easily up there. Yeah, but it was just neat that I can go behind the windows oh, yes. and be running around. <laughs> like, hey, this is cool. Like, there's just so many little details to the game and the music's really good and the graphics are vibrant and I like the look of the characters and I find their names fun. Like there is nothing not to like about this game, even though it kind of makes no sense. Why are you this giant mouse? Why, if you're the police, why do you die if you get caught? Why are you, like, it's just like, why does this house have trampolines? Why do these people have such weird names? Like it's a, it's a strange game, but an incredibly charming one. Yes, I, I think that... Uh... This is probably one of my top five games. Yeah, and I think it's one of the best games we've played so far. I really, really dug playing this game. Me too. Which brings us to next week's game. Next week's game? What, we have to do another game? Yeah. Will so. it be Sinistar again? Uh, well, <laughs> even better. It's going to be Elevator Action again. Woohoo! Elevator Sinistar. <laughs> so here's a little sound effect. And stay tuned, and you guys can play along with us. They will never guess. Not a chance. So yes, so um, to wrap up with Mappy as well, I would highly recommend that if anybody has not played this game and, and you're interested in arcade games enough to, to listen to this podcast, it's a run-don't-walk game. Really charming, really fun, great gameplay, great music. Nothing not to like about this game. 10 out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with you 100%. So we'll see what we think, how it compares to the next mystery game for next week. So uh, thank you for playing along with me, Carrington. Absolutely. Thank you for suggesting this great game. Sure. Uh, thanks, everybody else, for listening and your comments on uh, Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. And we will play another game next week. See you later, everybody. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. 
feedback to the show can be sent to no quarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet productions, the original material in this episode has been released to the public domain.